0: There is a, um, Rick mentioned we're, we're going through this 40 days of prayer. There's 20 of us that are going through that. And uh, we're going to do another 40 days later. There's one thing that came out um, from our assessment from growing together back a while ago. Is that we as a church need to grow together. How do you grow together? We can come up with so many different plans and activities, but unless it's bathed in prayer, it's not going to move forward. So the very first thing that this church has undergone or has started, we started the year with the 40 days of prayer. If you did not join, that's okay. Continue to pray for us. There, there will be another opportunity, and you will hear testimonies of these individuals who have gone through these 40 days of prayer, and for me, this has been a tremendous blessing. We're on day 12 now, going on 13, and there's been so many aspects of God's sovereignty that has just come back to my mind that I was not. I wouldn't say that I wasn't aware, but it just made it alive. And so we're also going to have a prayer, um, I don't want to say conference, because that gives the impression that we're doing it for the whole weekend. But we're going to have a prayer day where we'll have a prayer workshop. We're going to have activities involving prayer all Focusing on our spiritual growth as one as individuals and as a church. This first semester, we as a church are going to focus on prayer. That's why we're doing the prayer basket. And I would encourage you, please continue to lift up these individuals that we are highlighting each Sabbath And those that have received it already, I know that Barb and Bob, they they were their first recipients, and they were truly blessed uh, from the the testimonies that they have shared with me. I know Landy, God ain't done with you yet. And Loy, you just wait. You just wait. And so it's with that idea and and where we have been in the last, um, as a church, And let me just be honest, as an individual where I have been in terms of my journey with God, we are starting this year also with a mini-series on stewardship. There's a song that I want to read you the first stanza, and the song is entitled, God Don't Play Second Fiddle. Kendall, I think you'll appreciate this. And the song starts out, and I'm not going to sing it. I want to save you. It's a good thing. You have dogs here, right? Yeah, I don't want them howling. So the song starts out with the angels. Now picture... The angels, they got together in the great throne room. And they thought that they'd get time to pass by by picking a tune. Michael on the guitar. Y'all know who Michael is, right? It's Jesus, by the way. Raphael on the mandolin. Did you know that was an angel in the Bible? And Gabe, who we know as Gabriel, he was the leader. And the old violin. I think it was an elder that said, "Uh, What you gonna play? How about Amazing Grace or Happy Day? The strings were all tuned and they were tapping their feet. But just when they were ready to play that first beat, God walked through the door and a hush filled the air. Gabriel put down his bow and moved down to second chair. God don't play second fiddle. The reality of that statement is is almost funny to grasp. Given the context of which this song was written, but there is such an embedded truth in, that, in this application that if we run over it, we miss the gospel. Today, I want to talk about stewardship and stewardship. When, when you hear the word stewardship, most of you think of money. When I said the word stewardship, I'm going to preach on stewardship today, how many of you thought I was going to talk about tithing and offering? A good number of you. Some of you just... How many of you know, don't know what stewardship is? It's a safe question to ask, Right? But the reality is that stewardship has been grossly misinterpreted. When we look at what stewardship is in the Bible and the way that most people have applied it, we suffer consequences that create a massive distrust in church leadership. And I'm not just talking about the pastor. For Within the Seventh-day Adventist context, it talks about a mistrust in the organization as well. Another problematic consequence of not understanding what what stewardship is, it's a misapplied form of giving. Tithings and offerings. Yes, it does involve money. But when we understand what what stewardship is in its reality, in, in the way that it was designed to be, in the way that God intended it to be, We understand how God wants us to use and utilize our finances. And thirdly, it causes resistance, yes, resistance of pastors and members to talk about it or even to address it. I don't like to talk about money up front. Why? Because of the misconceptions that have been created and the way that people have viewed whenever a pastor or a church talks about tithes and offerings, the first thing that may come to your mind is, here we go, I knew it was coming, I knew that this wasn't going to, it was too good to be true. So today I want to define what stewardship is with you. We're going to embark on this journey together. And the first thing that we must understand is that when we talk about stewardship, forget the tithing, forget everything. We need to look and address, of, uh, address who God is. And who is God? Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God created If God created, in the Bible, in the the Hebrew, it says ex nihilo, it it created out of nothing, okay, it talks about the power in which he holds. God is our creator. He created the world we live. He created the, the, the place we worship. He created the environment for which we live in. He created nature for which we enjoy. To in the beginning, God created. So we have to approach it from the perspective that if, if we are Christians and we are believers in Jesus Christ, we also have to recognize that he is our creator. That's number one. And if he created me, it means that I am not of my own. That's the first part of it. The second component is that he's the owner. If he created, he's the owner. The earth is the Lord and all in its fullness, the world and those who dwell with therein. Everything that's in this world belongs to God. Why? He created it. He created it. You can't you can't have it one way or the other. It's either all God's or none. Wait, 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 Pastor Art. What about me? Okay, here's another component to it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about the implication of this. Is this talking about right now? Or is this talking about the future? Yes. Both, right? Both. Surely, let me me open a window here to something that we discussed here in the 40 days of prayer. When you read this, the word follow me in the Hebrew, it means to pursue. God's mercy and his goodness is pursuing you all the days of your life. When you recognize God as creator and when you recognize him as owner. Only a few of you got that. Let me say it again. God's mercy and goodness will pursue you all of the days of your life as long as you recognize him as owner and creator. But even when we go to heaven, whose house is it? It's the Lord's house. Who built it? God built it. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, because where I go, I go to prepare a place for you so that you may be with, with me. I'm summarizing. John 14, 1 through 3. Who's going to prepare a place it's not you. You're not going to build your house in heaven. Who has access to heaven right now other than Elijah and Enoch and, and the elders that resurrected at Jesus' resurrection? Outside of those individuals, who has sole access to heaven? And who is the only creator? And who is the only owner in heaven? It's Jesus, it's God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Trinity. They own it. There's another component that we must look at, that we we must recognize, is that stewardship is defined when we recognize that God is our provider. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means that, He will provide you what your needs are at that very day, okay? There's another aspect of this, of provision. In Titus chapter 2, not only does he provide for our needs, he's also provided for our salvation. He says, he who gave himself, excuse me, to us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, there's a component of mission here too. When we look at stewardship, it's a recognition of who God is as creator, as owner, as provider. And his provision enables us to do something for him, to cooperate with him, To journey alongside with him. Zealous for good works. This this is not perfectionism. This is not salvation through works. This is a, a response to who he is. This is a response to your calling. That you are going to be faithful to the calling God has placed in your life. And what is that calling? I don't know. That's a question for you and God because each and every one of us have a different calling. Each and every one of us, God has issued a different task in which to contribute. Again, we, we are a body and we have different functions because he gave us everything. God gave everything. Everything through Jesus Christ. Stewardship is exactly this. Because God created us, because he owns the world, because he gave us and provided for our needs and he continues to do so, we have to recognize him as sovereign, as the one who has given us everything. That's what stewardship is. We live our lives in accordance to what God has done for us. So how do we define stewardship? Clicker is messing me up today. Next slide, thank you. He's also our sustainer. He doesn't only provide, he doesn't only own, he doesn't only has created, He sustains us. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you, and He is going to guard you from the evil one. I mean, think about the trials you're going through. Think about the challenges that you've experienced and or are experiencing. And let me give you some bad news. You will experience hardships. But God has promised that he's going to establish you. Why? How do I know all this? Because. Next slide, please. Stewardship is to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. That is how we define stewardship in the Bible. It's not a a complicated thing. See, there was a, a time where somebody asked God or Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? And what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, right? This is the... First, and the second one is like it. He said, like it. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's like it. If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your your strength. The second commandment. It's a summary of the last six, six. And the first is a summary of the first four. Our relationship with God in, the, in a vertical and a horizontal plane. To, stewardship is to live and serve the Lord with every ability that God has given us our mind, body, and soul. And to live in accordance to what He has called us to do. See, stewardship is a lifestyle. It's not something that you just do right off the bat. Oh, here's my tithe. I've practiced my stewardship for the day. I'm a good Christian. Check. That's not stewardship. As a matter of fact, that's Phariseeism. Because if you look at the story that Jesus, when he's sitting at the temple and he's looking, and out comes this man and he pulls out a bag of money and he just plops it onto the offering table so everybody can hear the the contents of that bag. Jesus said nothing. And then there's this little elderly woman who kind of sneaks her way through the crowd, tries to go unnoticed, and she plops down two bites, two pennies, very silently while not calling attention to herself. And she said, of these two, she gave the most. Why? Because she lived her lifestyle. She recognized God as creator, as owner, as provider, as sustainer. And so she's responding to that. It's a lifestyle of an individual who has a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ and accepts his lordship and walks in partnership with him while acting as his agent to complete the mission he has given here on earth. This is stewardship. It's a coming together because of who God is, and it's reflected on the outward appearance not because of us wanting to check a box or because we want to make ourselves look good, but as a response to who Jesus is. That's stewardship. And so when we look at at it from a different perspective, stewardship has two sides. The first is Lord. Who, Who is God? Master, creator, owner, provider, sustainer. And then there's us. We are his disciples. We were created to respond to the creator. We were created to have face-to-face interaction with the Lord himself. But because of sin, we don't have that anymore. He has given us the ability to manage, to administer the blessings which he's given you and I individually for the purpose of his calling in our lives. Another word for that is kingdom growth. And so others may see what serving God is really about. So they will receive the, new, the good news of the gospel. So they will have a, a relationship with Jesus. He's the provider. You are the recipient. Now, I, I, I love this last two because there are times in our own life we forget this particular role we understand that because he created he can provide but we doubt if we're worthy enough for the recipient component Like, Lord, I've been following you, but when are you going to come through? Hold on. Lord, I got you. It's coming. The sustainer, because we we are redeemed by his grace. We are redeemed through Jesus Christ. Faster, so what? What what does stewardship have to do with anything? How many of you here have ever doubted your salvation? How many of you here, if, if God was to come, if Jesus was to appear right now in the heavens... How many of you are sure that you are saved? Right? I'm not going to ask how many of you are not. But the reality is, is that when we have accepted John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes will what? Will not perish, but have eternal life. That is a promise that God gives to his children. Another promise that he gives to his children is that you will become adopted. You see, it's hard. I know we have a a couple of young people here who have experienced that transition from being foster child to adoption. But we also have other individuals here who Paul also likened this transition as having a new citizenship. Citizenship. When you live in a country and then you now become citizen of another country because you have a better life, this is what Paul, Paul is liking, our experience in salvation. But when you become a citizen in, this, in that new country, you're also entitled like an adopted child in Roman time to every single entitlement that comes with being a citizen as if you were never one before. This is the so what. Because you have claim to all the promises, next slide please, all the promises that God has given you. As a child of God, all of the promises that are in the Bible are for you to claim. All of them. Forgiveness, eternal life, and the best of all, to be with Jesus. You see, stewardship is not about what you give, it's about who you give to, which is God. It's a, you give as a response to what he has done for you. That's what stewardship is, point blank. And there are components of stewardship that then branch out into different areas, which is tithing, offering, service, relationship, time management. Those are what happens when you recognize Jesus as sovereign, as his creator. This this year, it is my dream for this church to grow. Not just to grow in numbers, but for each and every one of us to understand that we have a responsibility to manage that which God has blessed us with. And it's not just money. It's our time, it's our talents, but we do this because of who God is, not because he's, he's like a, a bad parent waiting to whip on his kids because they messed up, no, God is love and he wants us to serve out of love, therefore, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. That was written in the in the Old Testament way before Jesus came into this earth. He came to teach us to look at that again. Because that is who God is. God is love. May God bless you.